BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief Tablets can help ease the pain. Its gentle, natural active ingredients like chamomile and arnica soothe your baby's mouth and gums. Made with ingredients derived from plant, minerals, and other sources, free of harsh chemicals, you can count on Highlands for serious pain relief for your teething baby. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Visit highlands.com kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot kind. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated okay all ball community i'm about to make your holidays even happier get the epson eco tank cartridge free printer because you know it's not festive cartridge conniptions those panic freakouts that happen when those pricey ink cartridges run out at the worst possible time like when you're halfway through printing your holiday cards with epson eco tank kiss expensive cartridges goodbye this printer has Big ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink. So you can just fill and chill all season long. Now that's Mary. Epson Eco Tank. Learn more at Epson.com slash Allball with Doug. Finding the perfect developer, designer, project manager, or whomever you may need is easy. You just have to know where to look. Find and hire the world's best talent right now on Upwork, the world's work marketplace. Hey, welcome in. This is the All Ball Podcast. All basketball, all the time. I'm Doug Gottlieb, and I got a bunch of little topics to get to before we'll get to our guest of the week. He is Brad Davison. He is the point guard. He is the leader. He is the coach on the floor. Wait to hear how much of a coach on the floor he is for the Wisconsin Badgers of the Big Ten. Uh, we're getting close to Selection Sunday, and let me debunk a couple of things for you. Okay, There's this, uh, there's this word that we use. It's called strength, or three years we use. It's called strength of schedule. The acronym is SOS, strength of schedule. And I love when some of my friends send to me things about uh, programs that I really enjoy, that I like, 
and their strength of schedule. Now, I've been doing this long enough so that you can, you can check my work on this if you'd like. You go back to 2009, and St. Mary's played what was an incredibly lowly rate, like 300s in the strength of schedule. Now, some of it was, and I remember the year specifically because they played a Southern Illinois, and it was Southern Illinois' first year in like a decade where they weren't any good. And so, you know, part of it was just the reality of, hey, I get that the schedule looks bad, but if you look at it, they tried to schedule good teams, just some of the teams that they normally scheduled weren't that good. So I, I, I do give, did you play away from home? Did you play in a, in a tournament if you could? Did you challenge yourself? If we look at it as reasonable sports fans, we don't need a number of strength of schedule. But here's the other thing. So this year, St. Mary's strength of schedule is like 38th, I believe, or 33rd. Like, it's really, really high. And while in 2009 they defended their low-ranked strength of schedule because I thought the reality was it was a lot stronger, and they didn't lose any of those games. This year, this is, let me read for, this is St. Mary's non-conference. McNeese State, Utah Valley, New Mexico State, which is actually a pretty good win. Utah State, Mississippi State, Harvard, UC Irvine, Cal, Bethune-Cookman, New, New Mexico, Cal State Fullerton, LSU, Bucknell, Western Kentucky, San Jose State. Um, San Jose State's terrible. They're just terrible this year. They've been mostly terrible since joining the Mountain West. Cal, and up until the last two games, they got a two-game winning streak. They've been terrible as well, but that's a big game for St. Mary's to get Cal to come into their building, you know, which is 10 minutes down the road. The schedule is good. It's outstanding. You know, the problem is Utah State's an NCAA tournament team. They lost by 17 points. Mississippi State, they played. Uh, they lost by four points, probably a tournament team. Harvard. Harvard, they lost to by six at home. UC Irvine, they lost to a tournament team by five points. And LSU beat them by four points. Now, if you want to see that they, those are close losses, I'm okay with that. You know, I'm okay with the fact that they didn't get blown out, although I can hold it against. I mean, I remember Michigan made the tournament a couple years ago, and they had 11 losses of 10 or more points. Like, that's not a good team. But you can tell me all this you want about strength of schedule for St. Mary's. Here's the problem. They didn't beat any of the good teams. They lost to West Kentucky as well. They lose to West Kentucky, lose to Irvine, lose to Harvard, lose to Mississippi State, lose to Utah State, lose to LSU. In other words, all of the good teams on that strength schedule, like, hey, we got a great strength of schedule. Cool. Did you beat any of those teams? And they're not alone in that. You know, uh, uh, Indiana is a, is a bubble team, Right. Because they beat Michigan State twice, but they've lost 12 over the last 15 games. And you can tell me how good they're. Look at the tier, look at the tier one wins. Like all we're doing is recreating the RPI and making 75 instead of 50. And the Big Ten is smart. Playing 20 games is smart. You get you get a chance to double up on on the tier one wins. But they lost Northwestern, who's not good this year at home. They lost to Rutgers. They lost to. Uh, who else they lost? I mean, you, you go through the list. You're like, well, they lost to the bottom of the league. All right. So congratulations on beating Michigan state, but you know, we know kind of who you are. We, we, we get it. And I, I also know that we have to find enough teams to play, play the NCAA tournament. But when you lose to Ohio state at home, when you lose by 21 to Minnesota on the road, when you lose to Rutgers, and a Northwestern. Northwestern's not good this year. You lose to Nebraska. And granted, that was back when Nebraska was healthy uh, by, by 15 points. You lose all those games. Like, what are we, what are we sitting here? We're saying that because, uh, because back in, on November 14th, you beat Marquette at home by 23 points. Like, that's who you are? Like, all right. You also lost to Arkansas. You got smacked by Duke. You beat Louisville by one point. Like, are we supposed to be crazy impressed by a team that's lost 12 out of 15 games? My answer is no. Now, maybe this all becomes moot because Illinois beats them at home and Illinois suddenly hops in on some wild bubble discussion. But I, I struggle to put a team. I, I could not put a team that loses 12 of 15 games in the NCAA tournament, even if two of, the, the, two of those three wins were against Michigan State. That's, and they're both close games, which screen to me that it, matchups help them. And... 
empirically good teams should get in the NCAA tournament more so than matchup-based good teams. So look, when you make your arguments about who belongs in, who doesn't belong in the NCAA tournament, like I just don't understand why we can't have people who call up the resume and look at it on TV and look at the teams and look at, did you, did you try and schedule out of conference on the road? Uh, obviously based upon what team you are, you know, like everybody in the big 10 can't get into a, a, a big time tournament, but did you try and get into some sort of tournament? Did you, did you challenge yourself? And then how'd you do? And uh, do the losses correlate with an injured player? And what are you playing like now? Have you gotten better as the season has gone on? I think all of that matters. I really do. I do. They don't ask me how to pick the, the 68 teams, but I'll share with you what I would do, which is I would get a room full of guys who have played, coached, administrated, you know, even analyzed college basketball, and let's just go through the teams and put them up on a board. I think the more you have rankings and stats, whatever, the more you get confused by them because some of them make no sense, and there can be some statistical outliers that help them. All right, let me quickly get you to the NBA. Let's start with the Lakers. You know, there's a lot of blame to be handed out, and I would easily hand out the blame on LeBron James's plate. The reason is not because of how he played before he got hurt and many times the way in which he plays offensively since. We're picking apart his defense, and his defense would be made better if Lonzo Ball hadn't gotten hurt because, you know, Lonzo is that good. I do think a portion of it is on LeBron in terms of buy into coach, buy into teammates. On the other hand, why is this roster so flawed? They didn't get enough shooters. They, they had a stretch five in Brooke Lopez. They chose to let him go. Look at how, how good a season he's had, how important he is to open up space for, for Giannis. You know, even the midseason trade of Zubach, like Zubach is a starting center. He's 21 years old. You give him up for Mike Muscala or Sfi, you give him up for uh, a guy who, Reggie Bullock, who's slow. He's not a dynamic shooter. You know, it's not like he's played playoff basketball. You know how he's going he's gonna to press playing with LeBron. Like, I, I just don't think this has been a very well-run deal. And, I like Luke Walton, but you put Luke in a really tough situation. And anytime somebody came out and said something negative about Luke, why didn't you have his back? Luke Walton is our coach. If these guys have any problem, they'll bring it up with Luke Walton, but you didn't. And now you got a mess. You know, now in order to get Anthony Davis, you got to overpay. And once you do, yes, you get rid of some youth, but Brandon Inger's been playing good basketball. Kyle Kuzma can really score. Lonzo Ball's a terrific player. I, I don't know. And, oh, yeah, by the way, LeBron is not going to get younger. He's not going to get bouncier. He's not going to play the pick and roll better. He may shoot it better because you don't have to move as much. But look at his contem- his contemporaries are Dwayne Wade, who's going to retire. Carmelo Anthony, who, you know, might join a team and might not. He's like the last of the Mohicans from his, 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 his draft class. Of course he's going to look slower. Of course he's going to struggle to defend, struggle to move. And I, I think he probably needs to lose a little weight. He's got a little Hollywood with his workouts. He's not wrong that his surrounding cast isn't great. Some of that's on him. Some of it's on he and Rich Paul, where people around the league, they don't want to do business with the Lakers. Even though normally your guy wants to play for the Lakers because they think clutch sports is running things. They'll determine starting lineup, coach, and guys just don't want to deal with it. Last thing is this. Here's where LeBron does need to be accountable. He got hurt. You've heard the stories. Wasn't hanging around the team. Showing up late to games, had a goblet of wine in his hand. I was told from people sitting close that he was, he was seen texting. You know, just a lack of buy-in. If you get hurt and you're the leader and you're really committed to making it work, then you should be at practice. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. 
Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at Graduate Hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look, inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get Graduate Hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores, they're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code Doug. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact and you should help coach. That's what Rondo did. That's not what LeBron did. And oh yeah, by the way, Rondo and LeBron had the, had the, lowest, had the lowest PPP as a tandem uh, of any tandem with LeBron on the Lakers. Rondo's inability to guard, inability to make shots, inability to do much anything offensively uh, limits them. They, their offensive rating is 100, like just over 100 when those two are on the floor together, as opposed to 108.1 when it's LeBron on the floor without Rajon Rondo. And then there's this, uh, the Celtics are coming to LA. We just saw them beat the Golden State Warriors. We make a huge deal about, and rightfully so, about Kyrie Irving, his level of happiness. Dude, you make $30 million a year. You start a movie that you got to direct, produce, etc. Get happy. But lost in it is, maybe Gordon Hayward's the key, key to the whole thing. He had 30 against the Warriors. He had a lot of bounce in his step. And when he shoots over, 40, over 50%, they've only lost two games all year. When he shoots under 50%, they're 17 and 22. I think Gordon Hayward's improvement, Gordon Hayward's ability to play uh, through, through this kind of learning year, how he does in the playoffs, that determines their success far more so than Kyrie Irving. 
I don't know about you, but I feel like I'm printing nonstop through the holidays. Right? You got cards, gift tags, lists, cookie receipts, mostly cookie receipts. Plus, you got travel docs as well. You know, you got to get those reimbursements. And nothing will ruin the fun like good old-fashioned cartridge conniption. That's when your printer's pricey ink cartridges run out of ink at the worst possible time. And you can't help but lose it a little. Or a lot. It's frustrating. But, all ball community, you know what we do around here. We bring you tech solutions. And the Epson EcoTank cartridge-free printer is a great solution. Epson EcoTank uses big ink tanks and comes with a ridiculous amount of ink. Go ahead. Add some people to your holiday card list. No more running out of magenta when you're trying to make the season merry. No more having to apologize to your house guests after having a total cartridge conniption. With Epson EcoTank, kiss expensive cartridges goodbye. You can just fill and chill. Who doesn't want some more chill around the holidays? Epson EcoTank. Learn more at Epson.com slash Doug. Teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. So are you looking for the best relief to soothe teething pain? Well, Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief can help ease the pain. It's gentle, natural active ingredients like chamomile and arnica. They'll soothe your baby's mouth and gums. No chemicals, no funny business. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Get yours at highlands.com slash kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot com slash kind. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated. Beverage Sportsbook wants to invite you to discover the complete sports betting experience. The foundation of that experience is a massive number of betting options on nearly every regulated sporting event around the world. Add on top of that live streaming of sports every day. There's almost always a live match to watch on Beverage Sportsbook right in your phone. Bet Rivers features top tier customer service. Ready to answer your questions anytime, day or night. Plus, they have this unique rush pay system, and Bet Rivers Sportsbook can authorize most withdrawal requests instantly. Customer satisfaction is always their number one priority, and Bet Rivers will match your first deposit up to $250. Now, unlike some other sportsbooks, Bet Rivers only requires a one time pay through to turn bonuses into cash, so you're going to experience the difference. Just go to betrivers.com, you'll see it for yourself. You must be 21. You must be present in Colorado, Illinois, Indiana, or Pennsylvania to play. You got a gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Remember, Bet Rivers Sportsbook. It's the place. Just go to BetRivers, B E T R I V E R S dot com. All right, let's get you to Brad Davison. He's the point guard for the University of Wisconsin. All right, so let's welcome him in. He's Brad Davison. Not sure if you knew he was a quarterback in high school. Brad Davison joins us here on the All Ball podcast. Um, okay, so. Look, um, among the legendary things about you and your upbringing, everyone seems to know because, like, look, we all do this broadcasting thing. We all have to retell the same stories over and over again. You were, in fact, a really good high school quarterback. How good were you? (laughs) Yes, sir. Back in the day, um, I played football. Um, I was pretty good. I didn't really start taking football seriously until my sophomore year when I got the starting job at my high school uh, at the quarterback spot. Um, My best year was definitely my senior year. Uh, my team had a really successful three years, went to the state tournament every year. Always came up short. So that's one of my biggest regrets from high school is not getting that state championship. Um, but, you know, football will always have a place in my heart for sure. All right, you played for Maple Grove in uh, in Minnesota. Like, where actually in Minnesota is Maple Grove? So it's a northwest suburb, um, just about 20 minutes outside the city. Okay, so you you like hardcore Vikings, Twins, T-Wolves, like those are your squads? Or or did you diversify because, you know, there were times which your your local teams weren't that good, and so you rooted for whoever <laughs> was the best? I've always been a big Vikings fan. So I'm a Vikings fan through and through, even though everyone here in Wisconsin is trying to, trying to make me uh, jump size the Packers. So I'm staying true to the Vikings. I've never been a big Twins or T-Wolves fan. Never, never really was a big MLB or NBA guy. Um, but actually also in the NFL, my sister's husband is a linebacker for the Steelers. So the Steelers have kind of been my, uh, my go-to team in the last couple of years too. All right, let's, let's talk some Vikings really quickly. What's it like when you're a kid outside of Minneapolis in the suburbs and Brett Favre, who's the rival who you hate is your quarterback. Like that's part of, that's gotta be part of like, you remember of your childhood. Do you remember what that was like? I remember. So being a quarterback, I always loved watching. You know, all the great quarterbacks. And Brett Favre is obviously one of the greatest. So my my hate for him was only because he was for the Packers. Um, so that was definitely more of a respect, uh, respectful hatred. Um, but when he came to the Vikings, you know, I accepted him with welcoming arms and open arms because that was kind of always the, the piece we were missing at the quarterback position. Um, so I went from a 
not uh, kind of a secret Brett Favre fan to a very um, open Brett Favre fan during those couple of years. All right, so you grew up in, in Minneapolis. Uh, I've seen pictures. You had a little, a little sport court at the house, right? Yes, sir. Um, okay, so when, like, was that, did, did your did your dad put that in at some point? Was it all, did you always have a court there? When, when do you remember that court going in at the house? So that went in when my sisters were in, like, seventh and fifth grade, so just getting out of elementary school, and then I was just starting elementary school. Um, so he put that in, my parents put that in, and um, we were out there every day in the summer. I'd go out there before school, after school, um, usually playing one-on-one or horse against my sisters. They used to always beat me up growing up on the basketball court. When did you start beating them? About seventh grade is when I could start beating them in one-on-one. Uh, so they actually both played basketball at Northern Iowa. Yep, I know. Um, and they were six years and four years older than me, respectively. Uh, so about seventh grade is when I could start beating them in one-on-one, but... Uh, they they could still beat me in horse up until about high school years. So right. And then I kind of took over that title. So I have a I have a nine year old son, and he's like, he's kind of baby step now. He's like all into hoops. He plays football. He plays okay. baseball a- as well. Um, when you like, when did you know? Well, you're growing up. You're playing all these different sports. What, do you remember what it was like in fourth, fifth, sixth grade? Like. What, what you thought you wanted to be, who you thought you were going to be, who you idolized, and, and what you thought ultimately would play out? So I have always wanted to be a college basketball coach. Um, so I was always coached by my parents growing up. My parents coached my sisters growing up, so I was always around the game kind of from a, on the bench from a coach's perspective. And that's kind of what I've always wanted to do. Um, so since I knew I wanted to be a college basketball coach, basketball was kind of always in the back of my mind growing up of what I wanted to do in college. Um, but I remember in fourth, fifth, sixth grade, it was for me. It was just all about competing. Um, I loved competition, whether it was a sports, card games. You know, who could who could get to the dinner table first? I was just trying to win everything. Um, but growing up, it was basketball was kind of always in the back of my mind. But again, it was just about competition at that point. You mentioned your mom because I know your mom coached you as well. Kind of kind of growing up, who's better? What, what's different about your mom and your dad as a coach? Who I would say my mom is probably a little bit more intense. I'd say my dad's kind of the more patient, laid-back coach. My mom's the more um, – neither, neither were yellers. They are more um, – I was only coached by my, by, my, by my mom in third, fourth, and fifth grade. Um, so I was very young, so she couldn't necessarily yell at us at that age. Um, but she coached both my sisters growing up, and then my dad had me from fifth through ninth grade. So I don't know who would say it would be better, but they definitely have contrasting styles, to say the least. Do you remember when you took your first charge? Oh, third and fourth grade. Third and fourth grade. I, I was watching my sisters. My One sister never took a charge. My other sister always took charges. Um, so growing up, I was always um, watching them and seeing what they were doing. And actually, the cool thing about my parents is every time they love charges. So whenever someone on their team would take a charge, they'd reward them with the Dairy Queen Blizzard. Um, so back in that days, you know, I loved ice cream. So whatever you could do to get a Blizzard. Uh, chocolate or vanilla Blizzard? What was your Blizzard order? Cookie dough Oreo Blizzard. Still to this day. I mean, listen, I, I can't, you can't, I can't fault you for any of that, right? That's like, do you like cookie dough or do you like Oreo? And the answer is yes. The, the, answer, is, <laughs> the answer is yes. Give me both. The, the, the answer is yes. Okay, so you're growing up in the Twin Cities. You dream of coaching college basketball. Who's your favorite team growing up? Um, growing up, I was always, I just season tickets to the Gophers. Um, and I was always at all those games. I just loved the Big Ten. Um, so I watched all the Big Ten games. And then my grandpa... And my dad were big Duke fans growing up. Um, so I was also a big Duke fan. So I'd say the Big Ten and Duke were my two favorite um, basketball teams and basketball leagues growing up. Yeah, I was, a, I was a Duke guy growing up as well. I grew up in Southern California. My, we, okay. had, we had UCLA season tickets. And my, my brother and sister went there, but that was when I was like in, in high school. So I liked them, but like Duke had Bobby Hurley, who was like my idol, and they were awesome. Uh-huh. I actually saw them win a national championship at, in, uh, in Minneapolis. That was, their, that was the back-to-back okay. time. Yeah, my, uh, my father was there as well. Yeah, it was, it was pretty awesome. Um, and so I was so, – and then Tyus, go, Tyus Jones goes to Duke, and then his brother's there as well. Like, did you ever – and you had good grades. I know Stanford recruited you. Did they ever talk to you at all? Um, yes, sir. So my last uh, my summer in the EYBL after my junior year, I talked to Coach Shire quite a bit, um, and they were definitely on my short list when I came to making my decision. Um, and I was – Trey Jones is one of my best friends growing up. I played with him since about sixth grade, and I was always really close to the Jones family. Um, and I played with Gary Trent Jr. growing up, so I was always um, cheering Tyus on from afar, too. So I always grew up a Duke fan. Uh, but when it came down to it, I didn't want to go that far away from home, and I always kind of 
I envision myself playing somewhere in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's interesting, though. There's all these Minneapolis guys, and, you know, between you, Reed Travis, uh, Tyus, Trey, like I know recently they've got some, some guys, but everyone's gone elsewhere. I know we look at, and like we, we like national wise, you know, we like to talk about like trends, whatever. I, I do think everybody's decision is different unto themselves, but w- why is it that so many Minneapolis kids go elsewhere to play college basketball? Um, you know, I don't know. Yeah, I think it's definitely different. Everyone kind of has their um, different journey. They go through the recruiting process. Um, I think it's all about fit. You know, it's about fit, where, whether it's playing style, culture, whatever you're kind of looking for. Um, you know, Minnesota obviously has a great program. they got a lot of good, um, you know, with Jarvis and Dan and Gabe coming in in the 2018 class. Um, but, you know, I think everyone kind of has their own journey. Uh, for me personally, I kind of always saw myself at Wisconsin growing up with a team that I kind of had my eye on. Um, but, you know, when it comes down to it, everyone has their own journey. So that's just my, my story, I guess. So what was what was your recruiting process like? Okay, so here's – I'll give you mine, then you give me yours, okay? So I'm, I'm in okay. Southern California. I was a holdback kid. So my, my junior year, going into my junior year, um, I still had not yet developed into where I was a definite high major. I remember Florida okay. and Virginia were the two high majors on me. This is – Mid nineties, they were both really good programs. Florida actually went to the Final Four in ninety four, and I was like, you know, because they're the first ones in. Everybody else was like Northern Iowa, Western Kentucky, those type of programs, mm-hmm. mid majors. And they're the first high majors in. I was like, ooh, I'm really into them. And then summer before my senior year, I kind of blew up and circled back to UCLA, but I was still a little bitter. They hadn't offered me earlier. I ended up going. To Notre, I ended up going to Notre Dame because I wanted to start as a freshman. Wanted to play in the Big East. I like the idea of an academic school. I had a great time on my visit. Felt like dudes I could hang out with. What, what was your process like? Yeah, so pretty similar. Um, going into my last summer, I was kind of on that bubble between high major and mid major. Um, I had five offers going into my last summer: um, Northern Iowa, South Dakota State, those schools. Um, and then I had a really good last summer on the UIBL circuit. Um, I played with Howard Pulley, uh, with Trey Jones, Theo John, Gary Trent Jr. And we had a really successful season as a team and individually. Um, I ended up, that's where I kind of blew up and got my high major offers. I ended up getting over 30 offers, which was a blessing in a lot of ways. Um, so that was kind of when I got all my high major looks. Um, and then it kind of came down to I had a top seven with Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan, Northwestern, Duke, Stanford, and Harvard mm-hmm. um, were kind of what I narrowed it down to. And I took kind of, I went to an unofficial visit tour where I drove to all the Midwest schools with my parents. Um, I got to see all of them. And I took an official visit to Stanford. Whoa, um, like whoa, 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 hold on, slow, slow, slow down, slow down. Okay, so the unofficial visits you went to. Okay, sounds uh, good. Which, which ones did you go to? I went to Michigan. Okay, so what? Give me, give me, give me, give me. Hold on, well, as we go through Michigan. Okay. W- one thing about Michigan that you remember most? Go. Michigan, um, obviously, just the tradition of the program. Uh, I'd say one of the funniest memories is I was on the golf cart with Coach Beeline and my parents, and he ran into a stop sign. Um, that's definitely one thing that I remember for like, sure. Like physically ran with the, with the golf cart, ran like into the stop physically sign? physically ran the golf cart into a stop sign. Was because he was um, talking to you guys or he just... Yeah, we were in the middle of a conversation and then it just hit boom. <laughs> and then that was, that was definitely one thing I'll always remember. Um, and then just, again, I'm a, I'm a big football guy. So, right. you know, the walk around the big house and just go on the field um, with my dad. That was something I always remember as well. D- did you meet Harbaugh? I did not. He was not in town, but we got to see all the different all the football locker room and all the different tradition they have there as well. So, so, so um, beautiful facilities there. So when I visited Notre Dame, I never forget this. So Lou Holtz was the coach, right? And so what okay. they do is they, they bring you in, you'd meet the president of the school who's a big, ba- he actually was a basketball player. And so he knew everything about you. Then you go down you go, and then you get ready for the football pep rally, which they have um, in the arena. And they were, they were playing Michigan actually in football the next day. And okay. Lou Holtz comes in and he knew and I mean, I know they prepped him, whatever, but he literally knew everything about you. And he'd come in and go, that guy, they'd be straight to meet you, point guard, they Orange County, Southern California. he played for Andy Graham, right? Oh, he's a good coach. He's a good, he's a good football program right there. <laughs> I mean, you, listen, we need, a, we, need a, we need a quarterback on a basketball program. We want you to be that guy, right? Like, it was, it was like, amazing. <laughs> I'm like, Lou Holtz is recruiting me. It was amazing. Okay, so, right. okay, so you go from Mission Northwestern. Um, now, this is when you visit Northwestern, they didn't have the arena redone, but, you know, Chris has kind of got this thing rolling a little bit. What do you remember about your visit to Northwestern? 
Yeah, I just remember that, um, just kind of the family atmosphere on the program. You know, they had a lot of their family there, and we just spent a whole lot of time together. Uh, you know, I'm a big family guy, so both my parents are there. And just the community, um, just being around the coaches and their families and getting to meet a lot of the players. I got to meet Coach Fitz uh, at Northwestern in the weight room, so I did get to meet him there. Uh, but, again, another beautiful campus right there on the lake. Um, that was kind of right when they were getting things rolling. Did they didn't you, have the, um, did the you, arena yet, but I got to see all the – blueprint for it did you did you meet that crazy strength coach guy that the assistant strength coach guy have you seen that guy on twitter like where he gets the I, do. <laughs> I don't i don't remember seeing him i'm sure he was probably in the weight room because i was in there quite a bit but at that time he hadn't he hadn't blown up on the on twitter for his sideline uh impression <laughs> that stuff is amazing right that's a classic assistant strength coach guy right classic assistant right, exactly strength. to the t <laughs> um but but like the problem with the Northwestern thing is like you want to bu- like you want to buy in right I'm sure Chris loved you and you connected there you're like man it's hard to like when you're looking at Michigan and they have Beeline and they've been to a national championship and you're looking at Wisconsin and Coach Guard part of the they've been to two Final Fours and you're like Northwestern and it's a it's a hard it's a hard sell. okay so where else did you drive uh, then we went to Dayton. Um, when Coach Miller was there before he went to Indiana, yep. and then we went to Butler, where Coach Holtman was before he went to Ohio State. Yeah, love both. Those. I like both those guys. Holt, I really, really, really like. Although, and that, it, how cool is it? now? Are you? Do you like Hoosiers? It's like I, I showed it to my son, and there are things that he doesn't. He's like, this is this does not look like basketball today. Like, is Hoosiers <laughs> is Hoosiers your jam, or is it a little dated for you? I, I grew up watching all those movies. I loved the Hoosiers. I loved Coach Carter. Um, all those movies I loved watching. Um, obviously, the Bobby Knight stories at the Indiana Hoosiers um, is big time. But I had never really seen Indiana before until we actually just played there. Mm-hmm. Um, and Assembly Hall is amazing. You know, I was just telling somebody how steep the arena is. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, who who sits um, yeah, in that upper deck? I don't know anybody who would sit in that upper deck, right? Why would you pay money to sit? That upper deck is so far from the court, it's crazy. But they do, and they go nuts. <laughs> Right, I would I would uh, settle for sitting on the couch and watching it on TV. <laughs> uh, okay, and uh, so uh, Butler or Dayton? Now Dayton's pretty cool. I mean, that arena is obviously historic, and historic. and they got good, they got good facilities as well. One memory about Dayton? Go. Dayton, I would say just being around all the guys. Um, you know, they were kind of with me for the whole visit, and then getting to watch um, a workout that Coach Miller put one of his kids through. Um, just kind of the intensity and the passion that they had around their program. Um, you could see kind of how we built that program just on passion and drive and fire, and that was really, really awesome to see. And then Butler? Um, Butler Hinkle Fieldhouse was incredible, too. You know, yeah. It kind of has that historic feel, just like Assembly. Um, and then Coach Stroggy was one of their assistants, yep. um, who's now at Ohio State, and he was actually recruiting me at Stanford earlier. So I had a good relationship with him. So just getting to meet him and be around him and uh, kind of hear about the historic aspect of Hinkle Fieldhouse was super impressive as well. So why'd you go to Wisconsin? Wisconsin was kind of always, so being a fan of the Big Ten growing up, um, kind of in that era, Wisconsin always kind of seemed to be at the top. And so I always wanted to compete for Big Ten championships and have a chance to go to Final Fours. Um, and when I was in eighth grade, I had the opportunity to come to the Wisconsin team camp with Howard Pulley. And that was the first time that I had really met Coach Guard. And so he was kind of the first high major coach I ever talked to. And actually the first first coach to offer me um, was at South Coast State was Coach Krabinoff. And so then when Coach Krabinoff became an assistant here in my junior year, it kind of took my two first coaches that I'd ever talked to in the recruiting process and brought them together. Yeah. And that kind of that sealed the deal for me because Coach Krabinoff's kind of always been my guy. Yeah, Krabby was at, uh, I think, South Dakota State. And, uh, yes, sir. I, yeah, I did their games, and we, we reminisced about Wisconsin. I knew ultimately he would, he would end up back there. Okay, so uh, what was your signing day like? Did you have, were you in the gym, or did you just do it, you know, quietly? Like, what was your... You're at Maple Grove. You're a football star. You're a basketball star. It's a big thing to sign in the Big Ten and to sign at Wisconsin. They've had a lot of the Minnesota kids, uh, Minneapolis kids go there. What was your signing mm-hmm. day like? Yeah, so I didn't do any of the videos or the big announcements. Um, I just tweeted mine, <laughs> just tweeted my commitment, um, and I called all the coaches that I was getting recruited by before I did that just to thank them for their time and thank them for going through the recruiting process with me. Um, but my signing day is I actually signed with well, a few others from my high school. It was just on signing day in our gym. Uh, one of my best friends, his name's Charlie Horton. Mm-hmm. He was actually signed to be a pitcher at the Gophers. Um, and there was a girl named Taylor Wente who signed to be 
uh, hockey player at the Gophers. Um, so I signed with a couple Gophers, <laughs> and then I went to Wisconsin. But it was cool. We had all the, you know, the local media and all our friends and families came. Who's who is the hardest phone call to make? Like who is the guy you connect? You really connected with? You really liked? You just like yeah? I just I, I didn't I didn't I, I thought I fit in better at Wisconsin. Uh, my first phone call was definitely the hardest um, to Coach Jacobson at University of Northern Iowa. Yeah. Um, so with both my sisters there, I'd known him you know ever since sixth grade, and even in sixth grade he goes, I think you're gonna play here someday. <laughs> and so I always kind of had that relationship with him, um, and I got really close with all the coaches throughout the throughout the recruiting process just because I'm a very I'm very much a people person, so I love I love communication and just being vulnerable and getting to know one another. Um, that was definitely the hardest one. Um, it was a lot of tears. It, was, it took me about five and a half hours to get through all the coaching staff. Um, it's definitely one of the hardest days of my life. But you know, having the conversation with Coach Card and Coach Crab and not telling him I'm coming here um, made that day a lot better, yeah. a lot sweeter too. Yeah, Jake, Jake's a good friend of mine. He's a great dude. Like well, the best thing He's about the man. best thing about Jake is. I call like their their first his first like nationally televised game when he took over for McDermott. Um, they okay. just they just opened the McLeod Center, and uh, I'll never forget. Like he comes by the table like we I, we'd hung out a couple days the day before. I, I, we, he and I lifted weights together, hung out with him and his family, and he comes by the table right before the game. It's a big game. I can't remember they're playing. It's a non conference game, but it was some some that well, I was back working at ESPN, and they'd set up. Anyway, he comes by the table and he goes, hey, Applebee's. And I was like, well, okay, like what? He's like, no, Applebee's. We go to Applebee's after the game. And I was like, really? Oh, okay. And he's like, yeah. He's like, no, no, listen, we're going to Applebee's after the game and have some beers. It's like, okay. I was like, well, what if you lose? He's like, well, whatever. We're going, we go to Applebee's after the game. It was, it was literally, I don't know if you remember when you were a kid, if you played like soccer or maybe played football. Like I remember, you know, like we out here in California, we do like Shakey's Pizza after the game and watch the game. It was almost like that. It was like, and to this, now he doesn't go to Applebee's. I forget the place that they go to now, but it's kind of the same thing. Like he's literally the same guy now. And now, obviously, they're having. They've had a couple down years. They got a great freshman point guard, but um, mm-hmm. but but even now, even through the success that they've had, he's still after the game. Like, hey, we're going to have a beer afterwards if you want to come. And kind of anybody can come. It's not that. That's the best thing about some guys change, and some guys mm-hmm. become, some guys become kind of douchey, and other guys kind of. And he's still kind of a dude from North Dakota who loves to coach ball and likes people. Right. That's the best part about it. Right. He was he was the same person from when I was a sixth grader running around after women's basketball games to when I was, um, you know, still to this day whenever I get to see him or talk to him. Uh, that's something that I've always respected about him, something that I definitely appreciate and don't take for granted. All right, so you show up at, at the University of Wisconsin. And, yes, sir. Uh, they'd made every tournament ever, you know, and Greg Gard's your coach. Did you come in the summer or did you wait till the fall? Uh, I came in the summer. So June 16th we all reported here for – Summer workouts and summer classes. And summer in Madison is amazing. It's amazing. Like, literally, ama- you got two lakes. You got girls <laughs> everywhere. You know, you got all the facilities. It's, it, the weather is perfect. Uh, the, weather, the weather is absolutely pristine and perfect. What do, you, what do you remember? Like, was there a welcome to high major basketball moment early on? Hmm. Yeah. Madison summers, you can't beat them. I always say there's definitely worse places to be stuck in the summer. Um, I would say... So we actually had the opportunity to go to um, Australia and New Zealand my first summer here for a foreign tour. Um, so I'd say, first of all, just we got 20 extra hours of practice early in the summer, and those were intense. And I'd never been in such a, an intense practice before. Um, and so we actually had the opportunity to go over the foreign tours and just kind of the games and the atmospheres. It obviously wasn't a college atmosphere, um, but just the intensity from our coaching staff and the players, everyone being locked in. Um, I'd say my first kind of eye-opening experience was definitely on those trips on that foreign tour. Yeah, I, I remember, like, I played for a really good high school coach, and I know you played for a great program, AU, your parents, and high school. But it's it's really hard to describe to people who haven't experienced the difference in the physicality and level of intensity in a college practice. Is there? Is it like it's hard? It's hard to tell people like it's so much better and tougher and harder. Correct? Oh, exactly. You know, I think everyone talks about the speed and the physicality and the athleticism. Um, but I think my biggest hurdle is just the mental aspect of it. You know, I think a lot of the games played between, you know, your two years, like they say, um, but just realizing that it's still basketball and still remaining confident. Um, I think that was the biggest hurdle for me, but it's amazing. Just the difference, the difference in speed and strength at the end of the day, it's still basketball. It's still stayed, played in between the same lines. It's just uh, everything's notched up quite a bit. When did you first hurt your shoulder? 
So the fourth game of the year, we had our Thanksgiving tournament in Kansas City. Um, it was in the second half against Baylor. The first time that it dislocated, fully dislocated. And then, and, and when you were, did you ever watch the Lethal Weapon movies growing up? <laughs> I didn't, but I've heard the story afterwards. <laughs> yeah, so you were basically, I think, I think it was Riggs, right? Mel Gibson's character, he could kind of always pop his shoulder back into place, right? He was like, I don't know if he's double-jointed <laughs> or whatever. Like, that's what you did last year, right? Yeah, so after that first time, um, so it was totally dislocated into my, into my chest, so it dislocated forward. Um, I went back to the locker room, and trainer Henry and our Dr. Orwin, they popped it back in. And so then it's just kind of weak after you pop it back in. Um, so I had to pass a few strength tests before I could go back out there and play, and then I finished the game. Um, and then throughout the season, it fully dislocated nine different times where I had to go back in the locker room and pop it back in, and then it would sublux you know, one or two times a game where I could just put it back in myself where it would just kind of perch out. Um, so it's definitely a long, a long struggle in a lot of different ways. Um, a lot of ice, a lot of treatment, a lot of rehab. Um, but you know what? Oh, <laughs> doesn't kill you, makes you stronger. So it makes me uh, definitely appreciate it, not take for granted what we have going this year. No, no question. Um, but as you said, like, look, you dreamed of playing college basketball and throughout your lifetime, since you can remember, Wisconsin had always been in the NCAA tournament, like always, right? I mean, yes, like always. Cr- crazy, always since that streak started before I was alive. <laughs> I know. So to for you on your watch, and I know you had injuries on your watch to be mm-hmm. the point guard of the team that doesn't make the tournament. What was that like for you? It was tough. You know, we always say last year was a struggle. It was a struggle, obviously, because of you know our record and the injuries we had. Um, and people tried to make excuses for us, but when it came down to it, we lost a lot of close games at the end, um, regardless of all the injuries we had and who we, who we had in our team. Um, but it was tough. You know, I think especially everyone always says, you know, you have four years, you have four years to do this and do that, but you only have one year with the guys in that locker room. Um, and we didn't want to send the seniors out with that kind of legacy, and especially with the question marks about whether or not Ethan was going to come back, we didn't want to send him out with that legacy. Um, so it definitely hurt. Um, it was something that we try not to talk about during the year, but, you know, with social media now, with everyone around the program, you know, it's, it's hard not to hear about it sometimes. Um, so it definitely hurt, and it was definitely a struggle that could have, you know, for this year divided us apart and made us doubt ourselves, or it could have brought us closer together. I think it definitely brought us closer together this year, and kind of just having that sour taste in our mouth, plus having everyone back. You only want to make sure we send Ethan out and Khalil out and Charlie out, um, you know, with a different legacy that means more than, you know, the team and the class that lost the streak. Um, you, you mentioned Ethan. There was a lot of talk in college basketball. Not that he would go pro, but he would graduate and go elsewhere. You guys aren't blind, deaf, or dumb. I mean, mm-hmm. how, how do you how did you re-recruit Ethan to go like, look, dude, we're we're go- we're going to fix this. You have got to come back. Yeah, you know, yeah, I think that was kind of more of a thing that kind of became evident on social media, and I, I never really heard it from him that he was thinking about doing that, uh, or I never heard it from our coaching staff. Um, we just always stayed in contact. I know I did and a few of the guys, and obviously our coaches did, just checking in. You know, we wanted him to do what was best for him, whether that was, um, you know, to go to the combine, to come back, or whatever else his heart desired. You know, when it comes down to it, we're teammates, so, you know, we're also friends. So we want to do whatever he thinks is best. Um, we're right there with him, and we have his back to thick and thin. He's got the weirdest game ever, right? Because <laughs> it's impressive. It's unbelievable. Like, look, he's unbelievably productive. He's a tremendous sure. passer. He can score in the low post. He can handle the ball. Like, he, you guys almost kind of play through him offensively and let him make plays. Um, what's, what's he like to play with for you? We do. We definitely run a lot of things through him, and it's kind of, it makes it difficult for teams to guard us because not a lot of teams have a, have a point forward that can do it at this level. Um, but, you know, he makes the game easier for a lot of us around him and just because of the attention that he gets at the block and attention and his ability to push and transition with the ball. Um, it gives us obviously a lot of open looks because the defensive teams, you can't really play him one-on-one. You know, he's going to get a shot off. He's going to get a good look. Um, so teams double him or they hard dig. It allows us to get open shots and open driving angles. Um, so he's been a joy to play with the last couple of years. Um, we got to make sure that we can keep this thing going and take advantage of every opportunity we get to play with him. Just because he makes everyone around him better. Um, and obviously with the attention he gets, um, and that's on both ends of the floor. So he's been a joy to play with. Okay. Uh, I think the free throw thing is in his mind and in his legs. Because he's always, if you watch him, when I've watched you guys shoot, he's always focused on his hands, right? And I think mm-hmm. his hands are fine, 
Like the one thing, and I was a terrible, I, I was a great free throw shooter in high school growing up. And then in college, I lost it. And mine was neck, was all neck up. It was just completely neck okay. up. Yep. So I think some of it is neck up, but I think a lot of it is like he's not, even on his perimeter shot, he's not, his legs aren't necessarily in rhythm. Like if he, if he pulled you aside, like, Brad, fix this, help me. What would you say? You know, I think what I would say just to trust his shot. You know, I think he has so many people coming at him from different angles, trying to tell him this and trying to tell him that. Uh, but I'm his free throw partner during practice, and he makes 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10 um, when he just shoots it. So I would just tell him to be confident and trust your shot. You know, it's the same thing that my dad always tells me, um, whether it's three-pointers or free throws. You know, you put the t- he puts more time in on his free throws and more time in on his game um, than anyone I've ever met. So I would just tell him to trust the shot, be confident with it, one thing we always say before is we always look at each other and just say, nice and smooth, nice and smooth. Um, so I would just tell him to trust it because we all believe in him. We just got to make sure he believes in himself. You mentioned your dad. What was a workout like your dad? Like, so if you were to say, how do I create a Brad Davison? What, 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 would, what, what did he do that allowed you to be who you are? He just taught me to love the game. You know, I think there's a lot of people that um, – that I know growing up that their parents would kind of force them to be in the gym or force them to do this and do that. And he, he let me make every decision I wanted to do. You know, I, I learned to love the game because I just learned to love being around it. I love to watch people play. I love to watch people work out. I love to watch it on TV. And that kind of formed into, I loved having a ball in my hands. I loved going to the gym. I loved working out. Um, and then I think one of the things that has kind of got me to this point is he never told me what to do during workouts. He kind of let me do my own workout, and he was just always there. He was always rebounding. He was always passing, kind of just just being kind of that constant. Not, not necessarily a trainer, but just being that friend and that encourager and supporter um, and just kind of always allowing me to do what I wanted to do, whether that was football, basketball, baseball. You know, I played it all growing up, and he just um, he supported me and loved me through it all. Um, that's something that I can never take for granted. So I would say just he would, just allow, he would say just allow your kid to love doing what he does and allow him to do it. Um, you, uh, you have this way about you, which like I, I'm almost jealous of, like, I like to pick guys up when I played and I could pick them up because I could create shots for them or I may say something to make them laugh. But I, mm-hmm. I'm not sure I had the energy. I didn't have the energy that you have to constantly be chattering, constantly be supporting teammates. Where did you get that from? Like, who was the one who taught, told you to do that? You know, I think again, just being around my parents, and being around my sisters growing up and just always being around the game. And there's certain things you gravitate towards. And I think someone who's always talking and who's always communicating on the floor is a confident player. And I think whether that's something, there's a lot of things in basketball you can't control, whether it's, you know, your shots are going in, what the refs are doing, what coach is saying. You can always control your, we call it able, your attitude, body language, and effort. And so the one thing you can control is your attitude and being positive and encouraging. Um, that's something that rubs off to your teammates. And I think when you have a whole team that's communicating, that's a confident team, that's a connected team, that's a, that's a team that's tough to mess with on both the offensive and defensive end that's connected as a unit like that. Um, are you superstitious at all? Uh, I would say I'm superstitious, yes, sir. Okay, because I'm asking because, like, look, you had one of those games where you couldn't make anything against IU. You mentioned how cool it is mm-hmm. to play at Indiana, and you guys lose in double overtime. Um, I I don't know why you guys let Romeo go right. He's only going right. Like he's going, he's going right. (laughs) He's going right. When he goes left, he's going right. Anyway, you had one. Very similar to our film session the next day. Okay. Fair enough. (laughs) So, so, so do you like, I, I, when I would lose a game, I would never wear those shoes ever uh, in a game ever again. Like there was something like, uh, uh, do you, is there something you do differently after a game where you can't make a shot? Um, no, no. Yeah. I think that's one thing that's kind of been my theme for the year is not to get too high and not to get too low. My, my kind of word for the year that I did is content. Um, yeah, I think there's obviously a lot of highs and lows throughout the season. There's highs and lows throughout the game. And it's kind of just that ability to remain kind of steady and constant. Um, so I, I don't do anything like that. Again, I just kind of, I called my dad and he just said, trust your shot. Um, because you know, you put all the time in all that practice and repetition. Um, and that's, that should breed confidence. So if you, you have a game where you don't miss, where you don't make a lot of shots. You know, averages always average out. So, Dimitri and I have both been struggling a little bit shooting. We just told each other that you know, I'd rather struggle now instead of getting deeper into March. So that just means our percentages are about to go way up here. Who is the guy that you've struggled most to guard in the Big Ten? Who struggled most to guard? I'd say 
obviously Carson Edwards is a tough guard just because you can play great defense and he can still elevate over you and hit it from anywhere. And he's got the green. Um, he's so got he the, a, he's got the super green light too, and he has oh, incredible and he's got confidence. The super green light. Um, you know, I think those guys that had the super green light, Carson Edwards, uh, Marcus Howard at Marquette has it. Um, you know, it's kind of if they're on, they're on because you can contest the shot, but they're they're so talented and capable of hitting tough shots that kind of the best you can do is the best you can do sometimes. Um, but also, Anthony Cowan's a very tough guy to guard just because of how quick he is and the weapons he has around him. Yeah. When he gets into the room, he can finish, but also he's dumping off to you know Bruno and Smith, who are very, uh, very talented around the rim. So I'd say those three guys from the guard position, definitely. Okay, so this is a good one. You've guarded both. Um, Marcus or Carson, who's better to you? Oh, boy. Uh, I'd say Marcus has the ball in his hands a lot more. Um, so he has a lot more opportunities going downhill. Um, I don't know who's better. You know, they both have that killer instinct. They both have that green light. Um, but I'd say the thing that I that I admire about both of them is just their confidence and kind of their approach to the game where I think they really do a good job of not getting too high or too low. You know, I've seen games where Carson's gone four for 25 and Marcus has gone four for 25, and the next game, you know, they could be 17 for 25. And I think that's something that I always admire about them. That's kind of what um, – that's kind of a consistent thing that stands out with both of those guys. That's hard for me, though, because I felt like that's the kind of narrative I tried to take where I was trying to be emotionless. But, like, I'm actually – sometimes you're better when you are emotional. Like, how do you how do you still – you're like, look, I want to be level, but sometimes right. I'm, I'm, I'm better when I'm hyped. I'm, I'm be- even getting angry, sometimes you play better when you play angry. How do you manage that? Exactly. That's one thing that I try – I try not to let my passion or my energy be dictated by how I play. So, again, there's something that there's things that I can't control. So, whether I'm having an off game, whether my shot's not going in, whether I'm in foul trouble, whatever it may be, um, you know, that I can still control my passion. I can still control my energy. One thing that I try to manage, I just try not to have it dictated based off my own performance, but more off my team performance and trying to keep that selfless mindset where it's about the team and not about myself. So, energy and passion, that's something that's um, contagious. That's something we can always control. You got, but you got Bohannon up coming next. Have you seen some of the shots that he's hit to win them games? He's hit some daggers. Um, he's hit some daggers. Um, he's a great player. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the Big Ten. Um, you know, I was obviously had an up and down year um, coming in here. It's definitely a game that they need, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Another big opportunity for us heading into March here. All right, it's Ethan's. It's all those guys' senior night, but it's Ethan's senior night. Tell me one thing about Ethan Happ that because you're his, you know, you're his free throw partner, because you're his teammate, you're his guy that you know. T- tell me, give me, give me something on Ethan Happ that we don't know. Huh. Something about Ethan Hat that people don't know. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I would say he's a warrior. Um, people know that. Don't give me the he's a warrior thing. Give me something about Ethan uh, Hat. Something he does something in the locker room. Something he eats. Is he a is he a booger eater? Is there a movie he always watches <laughs> that you guys clown him about? Is there something odd? Something funny? You know? Uh, oh my goodness. Hmm. I don't know. I would say, I mean, everyone sees his competitiveness and energy on the floor, and I'd say that goes to everything he does, whether it's who's on the ox in the locker room, who's winning who's a on wrestling the, who's on the, what? the locker room, who's, who's playing who, who's the on... ox chord, like who has the music. Oh, yeah, yeah. He doesn't let anyone else touch the music if he's in there. What music um, does he play? I think that... So he's a big music guy, so he... I can't even tell you his genre. He jumps from one genre to the next. Um, he's kind of all over the place, kind of depends on his mood. Um, but there's one thing. If he's in the locker room, he's the one playing music. He doesn't let anyone else jump on it. Okay. Um, but I, I guess you kind of get that seniority when you've been here for 14 years. Are you aware of where the Final Four is this year? I've had it circled ever since it came out in 2015. Yes, sir. What would it mean? And look, it's it's going to be an uphill challenge, but you guys have shown in the non-conference and in the conference you can compete with anybody. You can beat anybody. You can lose to anybody. But it's it wouldn't it wouldn't be crazy with Ethan Happ, with you and Dimitri, you know, to hit some shots to to make a run. What would it mean for a kid from the Twin Cities to bring his Badgers to the dome and play for a national championship? It would mean the world to me. Um, you know, it's something that. You always dream about, you know, you watch the one shining moment. You watch it from your couch. Um, you always make a bracket. You're always tuned in. You know, I've always said March Madness is like a holiday. Um, and, you know, I still don't – I always think it's the feeling last year to being in the, being in the tournament, but this year, you know, I can't imagine Selection Sunday. 
Um, but being able to play in the Final Four, you know, in my hometown, in the home of the Vikings, U.S. Bank Stadium, um, and just knowing, you know, kind of what we went through last year and that struggle we faced last year, um, how hard it was on our team, on our coaching staff, and kind of on our fan base. Um, seeing U.S. Bank Stadium and a lot of red would mean the world to not only myself, my teammates, um, but I know it would mean a lot to Coach Guard and just the whole entire fan base. Um, so I don't even really know how to put it in words, but it would mean the world to me. No, I, 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 can, I, can, I, can, hear it, I can hear it in your voice. Uh, uh, la- last thing, and this is probably the – there are people that don't like you because of how you take charges and how boisterous you, you are. How do you when, – when people are yelling at you, booing you, nasty to you, like do you hear it? Do you process it? Is there something you say to yourself? How do you how do you how do you manage that when you play these road games and even these neutral site games when all eyes seem to be on you? Yeah, you know, early in the year, it's definitely something that I let affect me because um, I'd never kind of been in that spotlight that was <laughs> a lot negative. Um, so it's something that I had to get used to. I'd never kind of played that role or been in that role before. Um, but it's something that I've, you know, that I've grown a lot in. You know, I try to block it out, but at the end of the day, you hear it. Um, you know, I think there's a certain way you can look at it and you can look at it in a negative way or clear it in a positive way um but the one thing that i always say i talk to my pastor about and i talk to my parents about um is there's certain things in life that you can't control and you can't necessarily control the opinions of others um and i don't play for the approval of others you know i play for the approval of myself my my teammates my coaches my family and my lord and savior jesus christ and that's kind of what i stick to um so i try not to let any outside circumstances um i can't even though i maybe wish they liked me um, you know, those are feelings I can't control. Um, I, I, we always say you can't can't necessarily control feelings, but you, you can't let feelings control yourself either. So I, just, I try to block them out the best I can, but also I know I don't play for the approval of that either. Can't wait to see you in Chicago at the uh, Big Ten tournament. In the meantime, uh, you made a fan out of me over the last year and a half, and I can't wait for people to hear this, and you'll make a fan out of so many other people. All right, now get back to getting in the gym, figure out how to get Ethan right, and uh, get to the Final <laughs> Four, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. My thanks to Brad Davidson, quarterback, coach, and point guard for Wisconsin basketball. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you share it with a friend. Don't forget to download, subscribe, and rate. Listen to the Doug Gottlieb Show, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific, every day on Fox Sports Radio. In the meantime, can't wait till Selection Sunday. We'll have a blowout podcast next week. Thanks for listening. This is All Ball. Teething can be a real nightmare for your little ones. Highlands Naturals Baby Oral Pain Relief Tablets can help ease the pain. Its gentle, natural, active ingredients like chamomile and arnica soothe your baby's mouth and gums. Made with ingredients derived from plant, minerals, and other sources, free of harsh chemicals, you can count on Highlands for serious pain relief for your teething baby. Highlands is a kinder way to care for teething. Visit highlands.com kind. That's H-Y-L-A-N-D-S dot kind. Claims based on traditional homeopathic practice, not accepted medical evidence, not FDA evaluated do you own or rent your home sure you do and i bet it can be hard work you know it's easy bundling policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy it's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today that's geico.com If you work in IT, you'll want to check out Changemakers, a podcast profiling IT industry leaders. We dive deep into IT profiles and learn what it takes to drive large-scale IT transformations for successful businesses. Visit changemakers.freshworks.com. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste, the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. 
All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billy's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club.